The large group of Nephites had struggled in their difficult journey through the wilderness. Hungry and tired, they reached the top of a hill. Finally, they could see in the distance the Lamanite stronghold. The group's leader, a man named Zenith, took four men and they risked their very lives by entering the city to speak with the Lamanite king. Zenith boldly told the king that the Nephites wanted to return to their former cities to live there once more in peace. After all, it had been the Nephites' forefathers who had built the city of Lehi-Nephi and the city of Shilom in the first place. The Lamanite king listened intently. Yes, the king decided, he would allow the Nephites to return. A decree was sent out that all Lamanites inhabiting the two cities were to immediately vacate and allow the Nephites to move in. The people of Zenith were sure that the prophet Mosiah's warnings had been wrong. Everything was going great. But was it really? The devious Lamanite king had a secret plan. This is Reading Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And again, we're happy that you'd be with us today. Andrew, what is the backstory here? What happened to these people? How did Zenith come about? What was going on there? Well, Zenith was one of the Nephites that was in Zarahemla, and Mosiah had been given this warning that they should leave. That's why they had left the land of Nephi. In the book of Omni, Amalekai oh, yeah. related this story. He said that he would tell about Mosiah, and Mosiah was warned of God that he should flee the land of Nephi, yeah. and he took as many people as he could who would go with him, yeah. and they traveled for many days up through some kind of wilderness. We don't know how many weeks they traveled, but for a long time, and eventually they came to this valley where there was a city, and it was populated with a large population of people. This was the land of Zarahemla. Yeah, and Amalekai was one of those people. He lived during that time, he says, and he was under the reign of King Mosiah, and Mosiah was also a prophet who had received a warning. Surprisingly, the two people, the people of Zarahemla and the people of Nephi, got along beautifully. They combined together, and Mosiah was chosen as king over the, all of the people. I'm sure all of the uh, citizens were then given a land that they had acquired. They were able to plant crops and grow flocks. Everything appeared to be going great. Yeah, and the the people there were successful. I I don't think that they were. I think it was bad for them in Zarahemla. But not everything was as rosy as it, you first might think, because there were some people who were not happy in Zarahemla. Yeah. And we don't know why they weren't happy. It could have been lots of different things. Maybe they were missing their homes that they had built. Right. They could have been missing their land that they had put effort into. Fertile soil, and maybe the new land that they'd moved to wasn't as yeah. as productive. Maybe it was a yeah different climate. It might have different been climate. drier, could have been or drier, warmer, or hotter. Colder. That's right. It's also the language barrier that they had with this new people that probably made it more difficult. Yeah, and they're. There might have even been people that, that they had left behind, family members that That's right, possibly. Who lived in those lands of the land of Nephi. Yeah, and they wanted to go back and be with family. But whatever the case, they decided to go against the counsel of the prophet Mosiah and return to the land of Nephi. Amalekai indicates 
that there were a considerable number who formed a group and they tried to go back. What happened to that first attempt? They weren't so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what happened exactly, but we do know that they had some problems and that only 50 of them returned. They may have starved. They may have got into a big fight and killed each other off. Or the Lamanites might have killed them. Maybe so. But anyway, only 50 returned from that first group. But they were so determined to go back to this land that they made a second attempt. Yeah. Now, who went with this second group? Hmm. There's a lot of a lot of people that went. It was a significant number, right? Right. That's what that's we don't know exactly, but we know that Zenith went with them. He was their leader. And what do we know about Zenith? Who was Zenith? Who descended from from Zenith? Well, that was wicked. King Noah. That's right. <laughs> the infamous King Noah. <laughs> yeah, he was his son. Okay, but so Zenith was among the people that left. Who else was in that group? Alma. Alma's parents. Or Alma's they? parents, yeah. Some 30 years later, Alma was a young priest in King Noah's court. Yeah. So probably Alma's parents were the yeah. were the people that went. And all the other priests yeah. along with all those the parents of those priests, maybe. But uh, all those people. And then... Um, Abinadi. Abinadi's family, that's right. Uh, who else? Well, the only other person that we're aware of is Amalekai says that his brother went with that group and he never heard from his brother again. Yeah. He, he was like the brother of Jared. The brother, <laughs> the brother of Amalekai. Yeah. He doesn't have a name, but. <laughs> we don't know what happened to him. Maybe he's somebody that we recognize, but it's, he's never identified after that point. Yeah. Amalekai said, I don't know what happened to my brother. And so that it was a risky venture that they went on because they didn't know if they were going to survive. I mean, that other group, only 50 had returned, but they, they were successful. They didn't have cell phones? <laughs> no cell phones. No cell phones. Couldn't no, call back. Uh, no smoke no signals. No roadmaps. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so it was dangerous, but they went and they, they did well. They survived for 12 years, right? 12 years they were successful, and they grew amazing crops they had flocks of sheep or whatever animals they had. Uh-huh. They grew rich. And they had a king. They had two kings. Yeah. First King Zenith, and then eventually mean old King Noah. Yeah. And they also had a, a bunch of priests. We don't know how many priests there were, but they had these. They had a good organization, it sounds like. If they had a king and priests, and, and, and they were making money, and people were happy. They were. Yeah, they were quite successful. But the Lamanite king had other plans for them. He saw the Nephites' productivity and saw their wealth, and he said, Hey, I want a part of that. Yeah. At first, the Nephites were able to repel Lamanite aggression, and actually for many years kept the Lamanites at bay. Yep. Over those years, the Nephites strengthened their armies. They built watchtowers so they were able to be prepared for any Lamanite attacks. But eventually, under the reign of King Noah, the armies and the defensive resources were gradually diminished. The Lamanites were then able to invade and take over. The Lamanite king became the Nephites' taskmaster. So then what happened? So he started taxing them, and it wasn't just like a 5% or 10% or (laughs) a small tax. It was half, half of everything that they possessed. They were required to deliver up their property, even one half of all they possessed, one half of their gold and their silver and all their precious things. And thus they should pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites 
from year to year. So once they, the Lamanites saw they, they prospered, they wanted a part of that, and so they took half of everything. They also were really, really mean to the Nephites. Yeah. And they went to battle against them, and the Nephites lost in tremendous numbers. Yeah, I imagine they were probably surrounded by Lamanites on, on every side. Yeah, and the, the men went to fight, and it was the men who died. In Mosiah 21, 8 through 10, it says, And it came to pass that the Lamanites did beat them, and drove them back, and slew many of them. And now there was a great mourning and lamentation among the people of Limhi. Limhi was Noah's son. The widow mourning her husband, the son and the daughter mourning their father, and the brothers for their brethren. Now there was a great many widows in the land, and they did cry mightily from day to day, for a great fear of the Lamanites had come upon them. In verse 17 it says, Now there was a great number of women, more than there was of men, Therefore King Limhi commanded that every man should impart to the support of the widows and their children, and that they might not perish with hunger. And this they did because of the greatness of the, their number that had been slain. So it was, these were t- tough times. Yeah. And it's interesting because in verse 15 it says something that's really interesting. In 14 and 15, Even all day long did they cry unto their God, that he would deliver them out of their afflictions. And now the Lord was slow to hear their cry. Why would the Lord be slow to hear their cry? They're humble. Yeah. Why would he be slow to hear their cry? Well, I I imagine it's kind of like me with my kids, you know. (laughs) When they disobey, I'm sometimes slow to hear their cry. uh, When I've, you know, told them, don't do this, and they do it anyway. And I don't, not, not because you're angry or because you want them to be, you know, punished and be miserable, but because you want them to learn from it and so they don't do it again. Yeah. If you provide relief too quickly, they won't learn anything. Now we know that the people of Nephi were in one section and Alma, the older, had gone down into the waters of Mormon and had converted a large number and they had gone to another city. So they were in two separate places. What eventually happened to these people? Well, they all eventually were able to escape. But the way they escaped is a little bit different. Similar, though. Yeah. It was during this time of great tribulation that a man by the name of Ammon, who was a descendant of Zarahemla, came into the city. He'd gone looking for these people and had discovered the people of Nephi. At first, they thought he he was one of the priests of King Noah. Right. And they're afraid of him. They're like, oh, great, these guys are... They actually threw him in prison. Yeah. Until they discovered who he was. But then they were like, you can help us. <laughs> Excuse me. You know where Zarahemla is, so you can show us the way back. And so they waited until the night, and they got the guards... Lamanite guards. ...drunk. And then while they were in a stupor and in a drunken coma, they snuck out and followed Ammon. And he showed them the way back to Zarahemla. In the meantime, Alma was also overrun by the Lamanites, and they were in terrible conditions there. And he too, while the Lamanite guards were asleep, led his people back to the land of Zarahemla. So about the same time that Limhi and his people arrived in Zarahemla, so did Alma and his people. They all made their way back together. So, How do you think they felt about Zarahemla now? (laughs) <laughs> they probably really liked it. They probably were like so relieved to be back again. We're so glad we, you know, we don't ever want to be in that situation again. 
What can we learn from this story? Well, as a parent, you want your kids to learn things from you so that they don't have to learn these hard lessons on their own. But it seemed like the uh, people who wanted to go back to the city of Nephi and to that, or the land of Nephi, it's almost like they had to learn that hard lesson on their own when they could have just, if they would have just listened to the prophet, they wouldn't have had to suffer. They would have stayed in Zarahemla and had families, but they wouldn't have known that either. They wouldn't have known that they would have maybe still longed for the land of Nephi. Yeah. But I think it's, there's always safety in following the prophet. Yeah. Even if it's years after he's made a proclamation, you know that if you stick with the things that he's told you, you're pretty safe. Yeah. If you go against the prophet and don't listen to his counsel, you can almost guarantee disaster. Yeah. And if you go and, and suffer, you can repent. But it's, isn't it better to just trust that the prophet knows what he's talking about and just obey and then not have to worry about that suffering? <laughs> you know, I think that's always the best plan. Thanks for listening. Next time we'll be talking about a really interesting individual by the name of Amalekai who left so much fascinating information for us to read. Until then, enjoy your reading. <laughs>